Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Talk about a controversial topic, this is one that emerges onto the surface constantly, and it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, you're impacted by it in some way. Because when you expect it, especially if you paid for it, you expect the highest level of work and commitment because when you pay, it becomes personal. You're connected to it, and your connection demands focus, effort, and results, does it not? And when you fail to get what's promised, disappointment seems to loom around every corner. Everyone must keep their promise to deliver, am I right? Because everyone expects God to keep his promise and deliver on them, do you not? God is faithful to deliver, are you? Do you consider yourself a part of everyone? Have you made any promises lately? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship, the Way of Life, Service. Service may be viewed from numerous perspectives, and it exists in both the physical and spiritual realms, believe it or not. Today, we'll be diving into both the physical and the spiritual as we look at how God defines service and how Jesus lived out the greatest act of service. Also, God reveals how service is to be in the lives of their disciples and how God has called their disciples into an intimate relationship with them and continually and purposefully live out your spiritual service of worship each and every today that God ordains for you. The word service has many different descriptions and they provide different... Uh, what do I want to say? Yeah, let's say it this way. They range from being an event like church service. It could mean something performing service on your vehicle. It can be attributed to a person whose occupation is service like a barber, hairstylist, or pastor. It could be associated to people who volunteer to complete God's ordained service work for someone in need. But the simple truth, all descriptions have a common component. It's spelled... A-C-T-I-O-N. And acts of service are in fact deeds. And these deeds of service are carried out where doing something for someone at some time everywhere exists every day because God himself serves his creation in and by his sovereign and decretive will and acts of love, grace, and mercy. Now, the titles of these Godcasts may vary. However, there's a common thread. And this area of service also lives under God's command of work out your salvation. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but it seems like in today's culture, many either intentionally ignore God's calling on their service work, or they refuse to see themselves as a servant. Because the simple truth Anyone who possesses a worldview about the word servant has a negative mindset about the work because those of the world have been molded by the world's philosophy, schemes, and systems as the god of this world's aim is to maintain division, chaos, and disorder. And those of the world accept, adapt, and follow Satan's actions, traditions, and practices, and his schemes are manipulating their mind. And the world through Satan's power, influence, and control are being deceived by the stumbling blocks he places in the minds and in the path of those who oppose the only true God's will, words, and commands. Possessing a biblical view as to how God views his servants and the service that they uh, live out for Jesus' body, the church. 
a biblical view of service is how Jesus called his disciples to live. Disciple is spelled S-E-R-V-I-C-E. I need to spell that again just to make sure I spelled it right. Disciple is spelled S-E-R-V-I-C-E. To believe that being a servant makes you a lower class of people, that could be farthest from the truth. Because God has proven in and through his word and the world that being and identified as a servant of the only true God is truly a blessing. Because you as a disciple of Jesus carry out God the Father's will in and through your life and in and through the lives of others. Now, one in today's culture couldn't just walk up and induce themselves into a service role. Now, I would say today with COVID, you only need one interview. You can count on that and you'd be working. But just like Jesus in through his disciples, God chooses his servants to represent him and accomplish his divine plan. That's exactly what Jesus did when he stepped into humanity. Jesus humbled himself. Take some time and read and meditate and, and cogitate on what God said through Jesus in well, not in, excuse me, it's got me tongue twisted here. Take some time and read about what God said about Jesus in Philippians 2.7. I believe most do not understand what a servant of God actually does. And because of the biblical immaturity, they're missing out on God's blessing and their cups of joy remain filled to the brim because they're just not living out this life that God has called them to be, that God would have poured those cups of joy into their lives. I pray after today, though, God the Holy Spirit illuminates your mind and you consider what God is calling you to do, D-O, as a servant of the only true God. Amen? Because the plain old truth, the act of service actually imitates God, His ways, his will, his truths, and his commands. You must believe that. Did you know that a servant of God is chosen by God to complete his work in and through the lives of his people and those people God places in the lives of his disciples? That's service. May I ask, when is the last time God brought someone into your life where you're called to disciple? And in your act of service, you're serving them as a servant of the only true God. It's not a bad perspective. Don't believe what the world is telling you. All of Jesus' disciples serve in a servant capacity and possess a great commission service mission mindset to accomplish God the Father's will. Cogitate on this. I'll read you Colossians 3, 23 and 24, and I must tell you, Colossians is one of my favorite books. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. The pure milk of the word, the do, D-O, in this passage is service. Your due is how you are as a husband. Your due is how you are as a parent. 
Your due is how you are as an employee. Your due is how you forgive. Your due is how you extend grace. Your due is how you display mercy. Your due is how you pray. Your due is how you love others. Your due is how you are as an owner of a company. Your due is how you respond to God the Holy Spirit's promptings. Your due is how you are as a disciple. Your due is how you are as a servant of the only true God. And you need to do your work heartily. And when you serve, it's out of love for God and his love for you. You live out with a jovial mindset versus being dismal because it's God that's at work in you. Because of God the Holy Spirit's occupation, he sanctifies your work because it's God's work covering yours. And your work is being done unto God with a purposeful gaze on Jesus and God. God the Holy Spirit and God the Father in their magnificent splendor and glory. And you live out an act of obedience to God's commands in submission to his will. Remember Luke 22 when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? Listen to what Jesus said. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. How can you start living with the same Great Commission service mission mindset? How are you truly working when no one else is around? What really defines your character? If you knew the truth, Jesus was off by himself. He wasn't praying out in the open. No, he was in secret in the physical and the spiritual. Oh, just a friendly and loving reminder. God is omniscient and is watching everything you're doing, everything you're thinking, and hearing everything you're saying, even the quiet whispers to yourself. Believe that. And the plain old truth, God is in secret. Since there could be so many options, suggestions, recommendations as to being a servant as a disciple of Jesus. So instead of looking into all of those and trying, why not just look at Jesus, since we're commanded to fix our eyes on him anyway, and just do what he did in commands. Amen? Now, let's dive into the scope of your service as a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to send you this one in a bubble. As a disciple of Jesus, your spiritual service of worship is both tangible and intangible. Think about that. Your spiritual service of worship is both tangible and intangible. So we'll be diving into a few passages today, and I pray they bless and encourage you. First stop, John 13. Listen to this. It's John 13, 4 and 5. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now, I could spend a valuable time of talking about history and relatability and use funny stories, etc., and it may bring enlightenment. However, the question is, how can you, as a disciple of Jesus, apply God's word and truths in your life today? I believe bringing God's word alive in yourself is when you look at the pure milk of the word. Because then it applies to you. Jesus said in John 13, 4 and 5, 
Jesus got up from supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. The pure milk of the word, Jesus demonstrates a selfless act of spiritual service which confirms a spirituality of true humility and complete submission to God the Father's will in his life. You would think that Jesus' disciples should have washed his feet since he was a rabbi and the son of God, for goodness sakes. No! Jesus was proving to them and humanity of his sacrificial, eternal, and agape love. Jesus is bringing forth the spiritual joining that was destroyed at the fall of man. That's your Genesis 3. And the eternal relationship has been created between his disciples and God, solidifying he is the way to the Father. Jesus instituted this standard of service, which was and still is countercultural to what humanity has established as service to one another. Jesus used his own hands with a plain old basin of water to wash the disciples' feet and established all disciples are now part with him, and he is a part with them. When you become a disciple of Jesus, you not only become one with other disciples, as the initial disciples did that day, through the unity of God the Holy Spirit, but you become one with God. Listen to these two truths of God confirmed by Jesus' own words written through his disciple John in John 17, 11. I am no longer in the world, yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are. The pure milk of the word, the initial disciples are one with each other and one with God, as God the Holy Spirit and God the Father and God the Son are one. And that spiritual bond created on that day is still happening in the lives of all of Jesus' disciples. And the proof of God's workmanship is what is done in and through their lives. This is the evidence or fruit of oneness with the disciples God places in your life. Who are the disciples in your life where oneness has been created by God? God makes it certain. All disciple relationships possess a spiritual foundation built on Jesus' word, commands, unity. They're united in love and fashioned in koinonia. I'll repeat that because I did stumble just a little bit there. All disciple relationships possess a spiritual foundation built on Jesus' word and commands, united in love and fashioned in koinonia. That sounded better. All disciple relationships possess a spiritual foundation built on Jesus' life, word, and commands, united in love, and fashioned in koinonia. May I ask, who are the disciples in your life that contribute to your spiritual growth and maturity? Where you experience love, encouragement, teaching, reproof, correction, and training of God's living and active words, 
Who are the disciples that live a life of service with a Proverbs 27:17 and an Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 in and through your life? If you do not have a disciple in your life, I'll pray and you pray as well, asking God to bring a disciple in, into your life and you into someone's life so you both can experience this wonderful blessing created in and by Jesus. Cogitate on this. Romans 12:1 says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The pure milk of the word, God's insisting that his disciples model Jesus' life as the perfect essence of discipleship. It's Jesus' body, consecrated in the Father, by his sacrifice alone, that's absolutely spiritual, which is all-encompassing act of service with the utmost demonstration of divine worship. Jesus is the incomparable standard of spiritual service of worship, and no one compares to him. And when he proved this truth of service, it's the most important ingredient that you must have. Love. I would expect that most would have thought the word would have been work. But it's not. It's love. But love is work. You tell me that love is not work, then you do not love. And if you do not love, you do not know God, as I paraphrase 1 John 4, 8. The simple truth, love is an element of work out your salvation. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciple John in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Love is the component woven all throughout Jesus' acts of service. And you must have the same fabric in your essence. Believe that. Yes, it's work. Without a doubt, Jesus' work was to lay down his life in love. And that, my fellow disciples, is the work. And it's work W-O-R-K in all cap letters. Jesus establishes, confirms, and verifies spiritual service of worship is love. And his doing, work, is accomplished through his love. It's the true meaning of humanity for humanity, soul for soul, spirit for spirit. Jesus knew from the foundation of the world how spiritual death being born in sin was going to shatter dreams, fracture relationships, and make humanity, all of us, impoverished, deprived, and depraved. Yet, when he saves, this new life through God's implementation of love creates a heart indebted to God through love. It's love for love. When I ask, how are you demonstrating God's love today, how would you answer? Are you serving God and others with a sacrificial love? For Jesus to place himself into the path and clutches of death and to do it willingly and selflessly for you. That's the essence to imitate as you imitate Jesus' act of service on your journey to the narrow gate. Amen? God's next example of spiritual service of worship is where God says what he came to do. Now, I love to read God's word, so give me grace. But to hear it in totality versus partially will bless your life even more and illuminate your mind. 
It's Mark 10, 42 through 45, and although we'll dive into 45, listen to what Jesus said when he called the disciples to himself. It's Mark 10, 42 through 45. You know that those who were recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercised authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I remember when I read this passage for the first time and then made it a memory verse, this truth of God resounded loudly to me. And Jesus said, a ransom for many. So, being a good Berean, I went to various translations to ensure what I was reading is what I saw. And all of them said the same, for many. God doesn't say ransom for all. It's many, not all. So the simple truth, be one of the many who are redeemed, rescued, delivered, restored, and reconciled. Because if you're not ransomed, you're imprisoned, captive, and enslaved, and ensnared, and a method for the devil to carry out his deceitful and destructive work in this world. The simple truth, you are ransom or captive, in bondage or free, servant of God or instrument of the devil, NGA. So let me repeat verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The plain old truth, as God's Son, it would have been perfectly fitting and absolutely proper for Jesus to be served by humanity. And it will happen one day. You can count on that biblical truth because for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, as I quote Colossians 3:16 and 17. And I will testify to Philippians 2:10, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth. But as Jesus again makes it perfectly transparent, he himself did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. How does Jesus' service mission mindset line up with the culture and the world today? So here's that question again. Look around you. What do you see? Do you see service out of love that models Jesus' example or not? NGA. You would be deceiving yourself to believe Jesus' way of life and service was only for Jesus' purpose and for those people back there. No. Jesus is the only one that, sac that can satisfy God the Father's justice, righteousness, holiness, judgment, and wrath every day. I'm testifying to the truth. But to think Jesus was the only one that could experience adversity, difficulties, trouble, tribulation, misfortune, and loss of life in and by this world. Are you serious? Have you not read 
and others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also in chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were trampled. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world is not worthy, wandering around in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. If you haven't heard that, then you need to go to Hebrews 11. You'll find it there. When you are a student of God's word, you see and hear what happens when you follow Jesus. Is that why you're not following Jesus? Are you willing to live this life that God has promised to give to those who believe because the end result is the best? Being a servant of the only true God will bring about tribulation. God told us that. Listen to John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Do you really believe you should only experience comfort, simplicity, ease, amusement, and pleasure? Not only is discipleship costly, it's service. How does spiritual service of worship work in that area? Just pat each other on the back and claim God's providence, provision, and blessing? And because the sun shines on your grass and your fields are wet with rains? Be careful. The simple truth you have both the physical and spiritual aspects and elements of service in your life on this planet. And God the Holy Spirit will provide the means for you as his disciple to carry out the will of the Father, which is your spiritual service of worship. Your life as a disciple of Jesus is tangible, rebirthing work of God. As Jesus touched the water and the feet, you exist in a physical that's your tangibility in another person's life. The tangible is your physical presence, the meeting of your hearts, minds, and spirits. It's your time and engagement to interact with others. There are expressions of love. There may even be a distance in proximity, yet one in the spirit. Relationships that possess a genuine fellowship. Remember that word, koinonia, a communion that is based on God's word, truth, love, and commands? The intangible is your spiritual essence, your prayers, your encouragement, your love, your service, your doctrine, your patience, your faith and faithfulness, your reproving, your gentleness, your edification, your correcting, your grace, your studies, your worship, your mercy, your giving, your preparation, and your training, you know, your love and service. When you choose to do acts whatever they are, and those actions oppose what God says as to how he desires for you to live as his disciple, whether you believe or not, I am not saying, argued, or can we at least agree. That was a tongue twister again. I'm telling you, I'm struggling today because I want to just be so passionate and be so loud that you would turn me off. And some may turn me down. So thank you for listening and being patient with me. Because this area of life is truly important. Let me say it again, slowly. Whether you want to believe what I'm saying or not, argued or not, can we at least say, if you live in opposition to God, you will 
be living out what Jesus made unmistakable when he said to Peter, You have no part with me. And this visible and physical example of spiritual cleanliness is apparent today. And to have no part with Jesus and with is the key word and very important spiritually. Because to not be with Jesus, the simple truth, you're against him. That's your with or against, NGA. And you want to hear what Peter did once Jesus made it perfectly transparent with just six words. Peter said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my head and hands. God made his spiritual truth known to Peter that there's no life or substance in your spiritual life when you're against Jesus. Therefore, today, this work of God in a spiritual baptism by God the Holy Spirit. As a disciple of Jesus, you must submit to God the Father's will and ways being carried out in and through your life as their disciple. This simple act of Jesus' washing the disciples' feet was an act of service out of his unfailing love. And because Jesus loves, he saves. And Jesus demonstrates through his work and service as a perfect disciple maker that making disciples is the service work he has passed on in the great mission commission. And the objective is carrying out the will of the Father to go and make disciples. And Matthew 28, 19 comes alive in you. May I ask, how is Matthew 28, 19 coming alive in you today? Now let's just look at this form of service as a disciple of Jesus. The pure milk of the word, there's an essential need for you as a disciple of Jesus to be purposeful, determined, and steadfast about your spiritual service of worship as a disciple of Jesus in response to your calling to go and make disciples. After all, in just About every Godcast thus far, you heard of all the work God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has completed in and through the lives of their disciples yesterday and today for certain. And it's in faith, hope, and love with total confidence God will continue their workmanship forever. And as a result of God's workmanship in your life, You, as their disciple, out of pure gratitude and love for God's compassion, kindness, and patience toward you, you respond in obedience through love to Jesus' command. God is calling you to present yourself, to give, offer, and bring about a life that's submissive to God's will for your life and the lives of others. You serve because you're alive by the Spirit, sanctified in their truth, and dying to your old self and its evil practices, so serve yourself. And you live and worship God in the Spirit, living out John 4.24, with all aspects of your entire essence as deeds of love, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and service in and by God the Holy Spirit's power and work in and through your life and into the lives of others As it brings so much joy into your life, you can't find nor create an adjective to describe it. Your spiritual service of worship goes beyond the physical or the tangible, although a significant part of it, but it must never remain in the physical. 
because it's the spiritual life of God that brings forth the life. The plain old truth, God's promise of new life as you sow the seed, service, which is the word of God, into the soil, hearts, of those in the Lord's harvest. That, my fellow disciple, is possessing a great commission, mission, service mindset. How does the world differentiate between you and them? Is that a fair question? Could they testify that, uh, they're no different than me? No, they're just like me. So if you've been sanctified, should you be like them? As we head back up, take this with you. I pray that you're beginning to see that to work out your salvation is the evidence that will convict you in one way or the other, in the physical and the spiritual. Jesus is the incomparable standard of spiritual service of worship. Fix your eyes, ears, and heart on him, and you'll find yourself imitating him, just like Owen imitates his parents, and you did yours. You can count on that. Jesus is the only one that satisfies God the Father's justice, righteousness, holiness, judgment, and wrath. That's why you need Jesus. God has designed discipleship relationships to have a spiritual foundation built on Jesus' life, united in love, and koinonia is through his love. Love equals service. Service equals action. Action equals doing something. Be a doer and not just a mere hearer. That'd be James 1.22. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You'll find that in Romans. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Jesus, for your unadulterated act of service by becoming sin on our behalf. Thank you for showing us the way to live as your disciples. God, the Holy Spirit, thank you for your work. Empower your disciples to break off the dust and the rust and the crust of their spiritual service of worship today. Make you... Make your desire for all your disciples to live this life of service out of your love for us and our love for you, known to each and every disciple today. Make known to them that whatever they are, wherever they are, it's your harvest and their service of work, sowing and serving is a calling you placed on their lives. Help us to be obedient to your calling and work in our lives. For all of those that are listening to the Godcast today, Father, that do not have a disciple in their life, bring forth your disciples today. And those disciples that deeply desire to disciple another, allow your spirit to bring forth a person for the work of service into their existence today. So all will experience discipleship as you intended it to be, so they can experience your work and blessing you have ordained from the foundation of the world. 
receive their spirit and service of worship offering as a sweet aroma and the service work performed in the hearts and minds and body and spirit. And I pray it will be pleasing in your presence, sight and ears. Thank you for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for responding to the prayers offered to you as a sign of my love for you and a gratitude for what you have done in and through my life. I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.